Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast Week 8 Recap with Colin O'Donnell and Justin Santu. Colin, shitty weekend uh, for the boys. <laughs> we might we might just not be good. I mean, you 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 just got a little juice to death, you know. It wasn't it wasn't a terrible weekend for you. It wasn't good, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh, I got my ass whooped. All I know is that I started I started last uh, last weekend positive. And I finished last weekend negative for the season. So I don't know. I, I, I was talking to my buddy. I'm like, I think there were a couple plays that we were on that were almost too sharp. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like every sharp, I feel like every sharp in the world was on UCLA minus. I feel like. Every oh, sharp yeah. Yeah. yeah well, there are, I, I've been looking at that on pregame a little bit is so the ticket. I, I had a theory the other day that the ticket, um, cash discrepancy is actually sometimes you actually want to be on the um, cash or the ticket side of that if it's too big because that means it's or, or it's just getting even value so the books don't really have a lean either way like yeah. my theory was like that the best ones to be on the opposite side are like when it's taking like 95% of the action on one side from cash yeah. and tickets. yeah I agreed agreed because then, then you're not like, then you're taking the book side versus taking other like the quote unquote yeah, sharps. sharps or yeah, yeah, agreed. I uh, I was thinking the same thing, and I you know, there wasn't like there wasn't a somebody who pride. I, I follow a bunch of people on Twitter that pride themselves as like you know they give picks, they're handicappers, and I think they're smart people. Like they you know, traditionally winning. Um, there wasn't a single sharp that wasn't on ucla or iowa state like specifically those two like they were well, yeah everybody i listened to were on those ones yeah and like in hindsight like oregon has a very good defense solid run Actually, game. one one person was on oklahoma state who fornelli why what was his lot what was his reasoning like the de- defense and uh, low total, better defense the low total, and it's a touchdown. Yeah, I think it was almost like the books like were so. Well, the set. I was thinking about that too. The, the seven was a bit much. It was. Like, I think. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Seven. Seven's a lot. Like I think I was like that's a line where you normally see and you're like oh look favorite like two and a half hammer, you know. But, like, getting up to seven makes it – even, like, four and a half, I would feel comfortable playing, but I wouldn't play seven, yeah. Yeah. Even, like – yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Anyway. Because, like, to, to win that game, they have to – like, to, to win, you have to win by probably ten, right? That's the most realistic way you win that, and that was not really in the realm. Right. Especially with two teams that are – just so defense and running oriented. Anyway, all right, let's get into uh to the the game breakdowns. Um, quickly uh, roll through our records. Um, week eight, I went six and six against the spread, completely juiced out. Um, uh, for minus 0.6 against the spread and then lost a full unit on my USC plus 220 and Georgia Tech plus 210 money lines. It's another 500 week against the spread. 
Uh, Colin, you want to run the people through how you did? Uh, so I went three, no, yeah, three, and let's see, one, two, three, four, six, seven, three and eight against the spread, and one and two on the money line for a pretty disastrous weekend. Hey, you want to know a, a sign of how bad it got? Is So I'm sitting there. I'm watching the Iranian game. Some of my friends just moved in the city at his apartment. Um, I'm checking the score on my phone of the Alabama-Tennessee game. And I see Hendon Hooker starting. And I see Tennessee just scored. It's 7-7. And I'm looking at the live line. I was like, yeah, anything above 21, I'll take right now. I think they can score with them. 24 and a half. Is, is still live. So half a point down when it's 7-7 seven, seven and Hendon Hooker is known starter. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I'll fucking hit that. It's 24 to 17 in the fourth quarter and they don't cover that line. It's that like, kind of weekend. It was that kind of like, weekend. Come on. Yeah. yeah. What can you do? I mean, I mean, there's some plays that like I really shouldn't have been on, but that, that one, like, come on. Give me something in there. Like, that, that 24-17, it's a seven-point game. I get it's a rivalry. You want to rub it up in their face, but come on. Well, like, what shouldn't you have been on? Maryland, I guess? Mar- Maryland, I think, was was square. I think I Colorado was, was I don't think – I, I do not think Maryland was square. I just think Maryland sucks. Yeah, that's what. That's why it was square is because we saw that the line was this way and sharp were on it, but our only reasoning for taking this was the line smelled. You know, like, you well, got to have – I don't know. I felt like I had some value on Maryland. They just are terrible. Yeah, but like, what is it with see, Mike Loxley? Like, they, Mike Loxley sucks. I like what do you what? See, I was looking at that, and you were talking about it. But my line, like, if I was just to go off of my numbers, my yeah. numbers had it uh, Minnesota minus eight. Yeah. So like, I was playing against my numbers just because I thought the line stunk. And it had come down, though. Maryland's now a five-point favorite this week at home against Indiana. Yeah, well, Indiana's on QB3 now, so. So what? Um, yeah, and then, yeah, so I'd say Maryland shouldn't have been on. I shouldn't have been on Colorado. I think Iowa State, I'm not like, yeah, I don't know. That one I'm fine with. I'm fine with UCLA. Purdue, I mean, you're gonna throw four picks. You're not gonna, you're not gonna cover. So that's tough. Well, let's just let's just run through them. But it, it it was it was a rough it was a rough weekend. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't regret I mean, anything. Do you have anything that you feel like you shouldn't have been on? No, I liked every single bet I I made. Um, Clemson, I, maybe. Mm, I I guess, but like for USC, USC clearly was not the better team in that. I didn't expect them to be, but they. I mean. If they don't miss that extra point, they are within seven late in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, I know, but I, I mean, I understand Notre Dame ended up marching down the field and scored and scored, but like, I mean, I can't, I don't, I don't really regret it, no. And they also didn't didn't Slovis like march them all the way down the field early and then throw a pick, too. So they got um he got pressured and it got tipped and that was. Um, we'll, 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 
we'll get into that. But I mean, we also Notre Dame also kneeled on the ten yard line. So no, I don't regret any of my picks. I don't regret being against Notre Dame. I don't regret being on Clemson. I really don't regret being on Georgia Tech because of these. You no, know, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, I wouldn't regret. I, I the only ones I would say would be Maryland and USC. No, I felt like I had value on it. I felt really good about my card last week. I thought everything was really sharp, and um, I, 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 I think. I think this, the greasy square side won on a bunch of plays last week also. So, yeah, well, that's, that's true. But like, I thought it was a very public week. Like, I mean, Notre Dame for what it's worth. I mean, yes, Notre Dame was the better team like they, and they won by two touchdowns and we'll, we'll talk more about that game in a little bit, but like you talk about a side that was getting 75. Yeah, I mean, but you're, you're on the, you're on the right side on the books, but like there, there's, there's other things to factor in there. Yeah, but I well, the way I factored in is I don't think Notre Dame is very good, and like I could see USC playing up for the big moment, and they still have a lot of talent on the roster, so they were not out of that game. It's not like they were. No, I mean they out. came back when they were down twenty four three to make it a one score game, but like Notre Dame punted one time the entire game. Here we go, Santu. Should not bet on Notre Dame. 0 for 8 now. <laughs> um, I'm taking North Carolina this week now because I'm so freaking stubborn about it. Guaranteed. Uh, uh, Kyle Hamilton's out, so. I don't know. We'll talk about that in the pick spot. I really haven't done any handicapping for this week. Uh, all right, let's see. Where should we start? Um, uh, anything of value Friday night? Um, Arizona, right? Ar- the Arizona Washington game. Yep. Yep. Um, Arizona was up big early and uh, lost their 16th in a row. I think Washington came back and won. Yeah, this was a game. Thank God I stayed off of. I was really thinking about Washington, but then I was like, Washington sucks, you know? And it's, it was a, it was, a, it was a, for whatever reason. I mean, I guess it makes a lot of sense. You know, the climate differences, but whenever those Pacific Northwest teams come down to, Arizona in October, November. It's always a it's always a rough one. Interesting line for Washington this week. I think they're like uh, they're favorites, right, against Stanford or two and a half point dogs. I think they're 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 short dogs, but like Stanford off of a bye, like Washington may just be terrible. Yeah, I mean, but they have they have a lot of people back, and there is the factor like that. What I'm talking about is like the desert factor. You know, that's that definitely plays into the sum of his performance. Um, um, but, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't either. They had it at the bar, so I saw a little bit of it. UCF beat Memphis. Um, that's a good one for UCF, down a quarterback. That's, pretty, that, that's a pretty big win, I feel like, especially for, um, for Gus, you know, like, Season's kind of gone off the rails with all this injury concerns getting blown out, but now your backup quarterback, you know, you, you won 24 seven, you won with your defense too, which is not a really UCF thing to do. Yeah. All right. Saturday, um, Kansas state wins at Texas tech 25 to 24. One of your few good calls of the day. And it, it required a, a late comeback really to, to, to seal the deal. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the second half. I watched the start of the game and Texas tech got off to a really good start because of the long touchdown run. And then they recovered the fumble. So, I mean, Kansas state was behind the eight ball early. And I think that 
that just shows about shows how you know tough a loss it was for Texas Tech to basically be spotted a 14 nothing lead and still lose. Um, but Skylar Thompson's a good quarterback. Kansas State's well coached. They kept plugging away. Their defensive line got better as the game went on, I think. Um, and they won. They won the game. Thoughts? Yeah. I, what, what, what's his face packing, too? Yeah, said, said Matt Wells packing. Thompson wasn't very happy about that, you know, because that, that makes him feel like he was on the wrong side on this game. I, I mean, I, I don't feel like I was on the wrong side. I don't no, feel like I I'm mean, on the right side but, either. But Matt, but Matt Wells getting fired supports my argument that Texas Tech sucks. Um, but, yeah, you know, Texas Tech's been a good team for me. I'm I'm 3-0 betting against them, so I like that. Yeah, they pretty much just collapsed here. I was looking at the score, especially they, they come down the field score and then immediately fumble the kickoff. I was like, oh, no, like I'm in trouble. Dante, if this, isn't winning, this, is game, this is a game I felt good about, too. I was like, if this isn't winning, like Purdue against Wisconsin, I wasn't feeling great about going into that. And then um, what was it? Yeah, the Miami-NC State game was cheese. So I was, I was worried about that. So I was like, I need to get this one, you know, or else I'm going over in the lock fights potentially. <laughs> and I saw that score and I was like, oh, we, we may be in a bit of trouble here, but, you know, Texas Tech's got a lot of problems. That defense is still not great. You know, they're they, they're a little bit better, but they they get they've gotten burned in the passing game. In this game, they got burned in the running game against Texas and TCU. Um, Columbia's pretty good. The offense is solid. Eh. Eh. Yeah, Columbia's okay. It is a tough place to play out, out in Lubbock, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's not 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 enough, not a lot to say about it. Kansas State. I, I just, it was a well set just, line. It was a well set. It was a pick. Yeah, it was a, it was a well set line. I mean, it was one. You got the push, right? You had the one. Got the push. I mean, on the pot, I had the one. In real life, I did not have the one. In real life, I. Oh. Took it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good line. It, it's two kind of mediocre teams that Kansas State's a little bit better than Texas Tech. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 a really, it's a really tough loss for, for Texas Tech here. But it is, it is interesting that Wells gets fired after this game because you're right, right? Like if they don't have that safety, Texas Tech wins that game. And do you fire him after a win here? Like when no, you don't. Yeah, which is which is that's definitely something. They, this must have been in the works for a while, and they're trying to avoid. I think a lot of t- places have been trying to do this, like avoid the Clay Helton scenario. You know, where he wins just enough to stay retained, and then you have another year of mediocrity, and when you just like, when, when are we going to pull the trigger? Like, like that's why that's why Helton got fired directly after the Stanford game because they were like, he might turn this around and be decent. We can't let that happen. Right. Um, I think it was premature, but like, I think that's exactly right. Like, I think that's like the point you just made is the exact reason why they let him go. Because like, if he did somehow, for example, upset Oklahoma state at home, which is plausible. Like you could see that. Yeah. yeah, They can score and Oklahoma state can't score. Right. Like you could see that happening. If they pull that upset, they get to six and six, they go to whatever, you know, 
stupid bowl game that they end up playing in, right, in Louisiana or whatever. They beat some Conference USA team in the bowl game. They go seven and six. It's really hard to justify firing him after you made your first bowl game in three years and had your first winning record in half a decade, you know? So obviously they believe he's not the guy, so they let him go. I feel it's a little premature, but it's only premature if, like, I don't know. Clearly they just didn't believe he's the guy. It's it's only premature if he's actually turning it around, right? Like, if he goes – somewhere else and succeeds then that's when you're like this was the wrong move right but like what else what what more can you expect in lubbock and that's my my feeling it's like they're not good they haven't been good they really don't have much history of being great like kansas had had like a a one-off year where they won like 11 games (laughs) you know i think the only thing is just like i was i was on cover three i was listening to before this and um they brought up the point that a lot of these kind of treadmill teams in the in the Big 12 now with all the new blood and Oklahoma and Texas out like you've got to compete for that conference title now like there's no real blocker anymore because what what does what inherent advantage does Oklahoma State have over Texas Tech that they should be a better program and like you can't let Houston come in and start beating you you can't have Cincinnati coming in. Honestly, BYU coming in might be like the most, the biggest brand of any team in the Big Twelve now. You're right. It's it's um. <laughs> you're right. The Big Twelve is gonna is like wide open. There's no Oklahoma. There's no Texas. Who is that that power? Yeah. So I guess they're all trying to make moves because they don't want to. Like imagine how you feel if you're Texas Tech and you come in next year. And Cincinnati comes to town and smacks you. And then you go on the road to BYU and get beat. And maybe you beat Houston, but then you – who's the left? You lose to UCF. Like, you, you've got to be beating these new teams, the G5 teams, when they come up, you know? Who's the next coach for Texas Tech? Is it Graham Harrell? Now – soon. I heard um, Sonny Dykes floated. Okay. Which would make sense. SMU guy. Uh, Job there. Yeah. Offensive yeah. mind. But does he leave? I mean, t- Texas Tech's a better job than SMU, isn't it? Yeah, but like, right, you Texas Tech's firing coaches after three years. You're not really giving them much, much leeway, right? They're five, you're firing a guy with a winning record. You fired an NFL coach, and now you're building something at SMU. Yeah, I think it's – but the ceiling at Texas Tech is higher, and no, it's it, the pay will be better. Like, Texas Tech will pay him more money. I mean, if it's, that, if it's that simple, right? I mean, if you got a job offer where you'd be in a similar <laughs> level at a bigger company and they would pay you more money, wouldn't you take it? Like, probably. Like, in yeah. Here, you know? Like, that's just, that's just how it is. I mean, that's the world. That's the way of the world, you know? I mean, I um, – like, like I love Steve Peichel, but if like Michigan came knocking and was like, "Hey, Coach Pikes, like we're gonna pay you five million dollars to be our head basketball coach," like yeah, he's probably it's really hard for him to, to to say no, unless you know Rutgers has to match the offer. Like it's all types of stuff. So anyway, Sonny so, Dykes yeah, think, would, would be a good one. Sonny Dykes, uh, the UTSA guy. I've heard Art Bryles potentially. Oh boy, okay. I wonder if you freeze would. They'd make a, make a run at him. Hugh That's Freeze. an offensive mind. 
Yep, Texas Tech has been known to be a little shady with the, uh, you know. Yeah, with the the off the shit. They're one of the, one of those schools that like that that they got a big broom, you know. Yep. <laughs> sweep it sweep it under the rug. All right, we have spent a lot of time on Texas Tech, Kansas State. Um, wow. It'll be interesting to I like see- to revel in those wins, huh? Yeah, there you go. Uh, neither of us had any action on Wake Army, but I think we handicapped this thing really well. Like we were kind of like on on it, and I think in hindsight, this was the one game that I wish I had I had been on Wake because I think every a lot of sharps liked Army. Yeah, we took a look at it and we were like, man, like Army does not have the legs in the secondary to contain Wake. Like they just don't. They don't have the horses defensively to stop Wake. It's not. It's not like the Wisconsin offense. You know, like Wake is a – we talked about this last week on the pod. Like, Wake has a really good offense. Then they may not be able to stop shit defensively, but Army's not stopping them either. Like, man, I mean, and like, I'm not a totals better, but, like, the over should have been, like, a really good look on this. Yeah, it, it's it's really dangerous taking an over with, a, with an option team because, like, if Army just goes four yards, four yards, four yards down the field every play. But, I mean, I guess Wake's Forest defense is not up to the task, so they – let up big plays, but yeah, I mean, I think we we definitely had this had this down. This is a good spot to be against some of the sharp movement, which is why I think it's important, and I think it's something we probably should do a better job at is just like identifying when a side is sharp, and then when it's when to go against the sharp movement for certain reasons. Because I think a lot of times we get we we see a sticky line, we get we get wrapped up in the stink. And then, and then we end up like on a line that we have no, no reason to bet. We're just like, Oh, what is this line? Yeah. You know, like I, 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 there's a couple of times where I've been able to avoid it, but then sometimes when I try to avoid it and I go the other way, I get burned. So it's, it's tough. It's a tricky tightrope. That's why, that's why the books make a lot of money. You know, they've made a lot of money off of us. That's for damn sure. Uh, (laughs) Wake is now undefeated and in the top 10, top 12, something like that. Um, they like, they have a, Dave Clawson has a chance to get his team to the college football playoff. Like I, I'm not saying it's likely, but it is there. They are a month away from getting there. Of yeah, so let me look. What is what's the rest of their, so they've got Duke, UNC, NC State, Clemson, Boston College. Like, they're not – I doubt they're going to win out. It's going to be really hard for them to win at North Carolina. It's going to be really hard for them to beat NC State. It'll be really hard for them to go on the road and win at Clemson. And, like, at BC, last game of the season is no easy task either. So, it's going to be really hard. But if they do, like, they're going to be in. Like, if they win out and win the ACC championship, they're going to be in. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've been pretty impressed with their, like, performances, you know, like, the getting pulling out the win against Syracuse was gutsy. The win over Louisville was gutsy. Like they're winning, they, they've shown ability to win the close games, and they've also put on beatdowns on teams in spots when you have a chance to put a beatdown on. Like the Virginia game, I think, is really impressive. Florida State game, Florida State looks better each week, but I think that was that's also a factor of Florida State just not being healthy, and now they're finally starting to get healthy again. Um, but yeah, they, they, they could, they, in theory, are a college football playoff contender, which is wild. It is nuts. Um, if, 
if if Cincinnati is undefeated and Wake Forest are undefeated and there's only one spot left, who gets it? Well, I think there are other variables at play. Um, does Notre Dame win out? Like that's really important. Like how if good Notre Dame wins out, I think Cincinnati. Gets yeah. It. Like how good does that Notre Dame? How but if Notre Dame if Notre Dame loses at UVA, which is very possible. Yeah. Even if that's the only loss, I think that that may, that may give it to Wake because then Wake has the blowout win over UVA. Yeah. They'll get hit in the ACC championship. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't think Wake's gonna gonna get undefeated, get to undefeated, but it, it's it is definitely interesting. Something. And the thing is, I would I would think Cincinnati's a better team than Wake. Um, I agree. Like I like, like on a neutral, I'd say Cincinnati minus like five. Yeah, like close to a touchdown. I agree. Yeah, and that's something that the bookmakers that not the bookmakers. That's something that the playoff committee honestly should think about when they're. Like in in terms of a, tie I think it's I think it's resume, but if it's two undefeated teams, then I guess. But a power, but like that's like a power rating should be a resume should be part of the resume. Like like similar like in college basketball, they have I, yeah yeah I yeah I know they do that. Like they have like the, I, I think your net ranking incorporates some of your an, like analytic yeah. rankings, your Kempom. And like, and that should be a factor. I think I think who you beat is most important. But I guess if it's if it's down to like a coin flip like that, I guess that should factor in, right? Because it's you're not really like at that point you're you're pulling hairs, you know? Like it's yeah, and like it it could be valuable in terms because on a power rating doesn't just have to be a betting thing. Like in theory, it really just measures which team. Yeah, but it also really just measures like. Your power rate, how good you are. Yeah, that's like, true. Who, how, like it's. I mean, yeah, it's turned into a better. I think. I think if they're, if they're even in the loss column, I think that's fair. If like, I don't think Alabama, with two losses, should be in over. I agree. Over Wake Forest, just because they're better. Like, just because Alabama would beat Wake Forest on the neutral field, like you lost those games. That's. But I, I, if if they're if they're undefeated or they both have like one loss and not a head to head, then I think that's something to consider. Yeah. Um, another college ball playoff contender nearly had their season ended in Lawrence, um, Oklahoma thirty-five, Kansas twenty-three. Kansas led this game uh, ten to nothing. Was it even? It might have been seventeen nothing at one point. I think it was. I, I think it only got to ten, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had to go broadcast some Drew soccer, but I was like keeping tabs on it. I mean, Kansas almost pulled off like the crazy. They were thirty nine point dogs, um, and they came out great game plan. Uh, led ten nothing at halftime. Caleb Williams really struggled. Um, like, did you see the tweet that the Kansas athletic department sent out? Yes, yes, legendary. Yeah, our stadium's open. Come, come and support which i think i mean if you were just like a drunk kid on kansas like why wouldn't you just go to that totally daging on a saturday Uh, the whole the whole freaking party yeah yeah that would like imagine you're just like you just randomly like i'm not going to this game we're getting blown out and then it's like we're up at halftime we're all through yeah um are you concerned about oklahoma like the kansas was able to figure out caleb williams a little bit um yeah. Like them so, yeah. 
so I, I I'm I've stayed concerned about Oklahoma even after they like handily kind of beat TCU because even in that game they showed no ability to stop TCU they just outscored them and it was a big spot for them you know like showcase game at night with Caleb Williams first game but they Kansas didn't really stop Caleb they just played keep away yep and control the time of possession they out, they outgained them which is kind of impressive, but like uh, Williams still had a good game, 15 for 20, two tutties, uh, one, one pick. Ran for 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. I, I think this is just, this is a lot like a, the old Oklahoma teams, you know, with a really good offense and um, a suspect defense. The, the defense can, especially with all the injuries in the secondary, I don't know when those guys are coming back. I think Texas Tech is an interesting game here this week. My problem is I think it could be very similar to the TCU game where they just had no ability to stop them. And honestly, right, if you don't have a good defense, which Kansas doesn't and Texas Tech doesn't and TCU doesn't, is the best way to beat Oklahoma right now is just, like, run the ball and play keep away. Yeah. I think there's two teams left on this, three teams left on their schedule that all could do that. And they're like, is Oklahoma going on the field? I don't think so. Um, like, like Baylor's going to be really tough. Iowa State's yeah. always tough for Oklahoma. Are they, are they even going to be favored in there? Um, I think they'll be favored against everybody but Iowa State. I mean, I, they'll be favored against Iowa State because they're at home. So yeah, I think they will be, be. They'll be favored in everything, unless Oklahoma yeah. State is still undefeated. But I mean, they'll be they'll be a small favorite at Baylor. Probably like. I think Baylor's going to win that game. Yeah, I mean they could. But I, the thing is, I don't know Baylor. Baylor always wins these types of games. They're so uh, home field turns out in Waco, and well, except for that time. Remember when they were undefeated and they choked against. Oklahoma let him come all the way back. Yeah. With Charlie Brewer and Matt Rule. Yeah. Um then almost beat him again in the in the Big 12 championship game and couldn't couldn't finish it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that I, I think a lot of people kind of like Oklahoma after the Caleb Williams switch had him slated in. Yeah. To the playoff. And I just I think if you were giving me a line 50-50 on if they finish the season undefeated. I would hammer that they wouldn't. Like, I, I really don't think – I think they're going to lose well, at least one more game. I think I saw – I was listening to um, Stanford Stephen the Bear, and I think there are yes-nos on if on who can – or on playoff, making the college football playoff. And, like, Oklahoma was, was literally a pickup. The thing is, they could still get in with one loss. Yeah, they could, but like... Right? Say you lose to Baylor, win out, and then get revenge against Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. Are they ahead of Cincinnati then? Then they're count- Or are they counting... I, don't, I think they're... I think it depends what Notre Dame does and SMU. Yeah. Why does Notre Dame... Oh, I guess because for Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't really... Like, they don't... As of right now, they have no wins. 
right? None of the they're they have no ranked wins right now. No, they're gonna have to have a big November. Yeah. They have a lot of rank, they have a lot of chances to get ranked wins in November. Yeah, three. Yep. All right. Biggest upset of the day, Illinois goes into Crappy Valley and beats Penn State 20 to 18 after nine overtimes, the two-point conversion fest. Um, Illinois runs for like a billion yards. Like a billion yards. Darkowski leads him to a W. Yeah, while breaking his arm. Good news for uh, For Rutgers this weekend. For Rutgers next week. You know, I was really liking that line. I was really liking Rutgers, and then I was like, ah. Starkowski revenge game. Then I was like, ah, he's out. No, but he's out. Yeah. Um, I think that line's like, what is it? Rutgers plus two right now? I saw it open at minus one. So I don't know if it's moved. Yeah. That's crazy. Is that true? That's what I saw it open on Circa, I think. I mean, that, I mean, that would, it's very possible. Holy shit. Wow. What the hell have we done to warrant being one and a half point favorites over Illinois after Illinois just beat? Stinky stinky. It's very, that is very stinky. I like that line a lot. Good. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a problem now that I like understand the lines as I see stuff and I'm like, Ooh, like that's good news. Or I'm like, Ooh, that's not, that's not so good news. <laughs> Watching college bat, like like getting a feel for college basketball over the last two years with Rutgers being good, like really freaked me out with this shit. Like I remember, um, I, I, the first time this like clicked to me was, um, Ruck in two, my senior year of college, Rutgers was home against Penn State in basketball, like January second, January third, or something. Penn State was really good, top twenty team, and Rutgers without Geo Baker, Geo was hurt. Rutgers was still like a one point favorite one and a half point favorite. And, and Marsdale texted me, my buddy, Sam Marsdale. He was like, Oh my God, like Rutgers is fucked. How are we favored? And I'm like, books are telling you something. It's going to be lit. Get to the rack tonight. <laughs> yeah. And then, and Rutgers ended up winning by 10 to 15 points going away. So um, anyway, yeah, that, that's like, uh, I remember the Notre Dame Michigan game in 2019 opened as Michigan minus one. And I, I sat there looking at that line. I was like, oh, no. And we got fucking smacked. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what the fuck? Illinois beats Penn State on the road. I didn't get a chance to watch. So I'm like, I'm, I'm asking you for, like, guidance on what, what the hell happened. So, before the week, Bielema calls out his offensive line, says the entire fucking team stinks, can't do shit. And they come out here, and they run all over. Like, Penn State could not stop the run, which is interesting because, I like, first of all, Penn State couldn't stop the run, and then second, Penn State couldn't run. Yeah. So, Penn State not being able to run, I think I could understand a little bit. You know, like, they haven't been able to run all year, but – they faced Auburn and Wisconsin. Those are two like power running teams. And you're just gonna let Illinois come in here with Starkowski at quarterback and a line which your head coach just called a bunch of bums and run for 300 yards on you in your own house. Crazy. 
disgusting. I mean, I'm thrilled. Like, fuck Penn State. Like, that's awesome. I'm also thrilled. You know, this is this is great news for for my anti-Big Ten, you know? Well, you, I, I guess. Now Penn State's losing. Now, like, it, it lowers the value. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Lowers the value of the win. Makes Notre Dame look a little bit better. Colin, what do you think? What do you think of overtime? The two stupid. Points. Yeah, I, I think it's stupid. I also think this is something. If you were looking at it, if it ever gets to a third overtime from a gambling perspective, in a game like this, cash out. No, you're gonna be. It's it's gonna be really, really hard to do, and you're gonna be. Like, why the fuck am I betting on this? But Illinois, you're on the two. It's a two-point conversion. Illinois is a great running team, and they've been running the ball well on Penn State all day, and Penn State can't run for shit. Two-point conversion, that matters a lot. Yeah. Right? So, like, yeah, I guess if you if you see that and you see a disparity like this, it, you, hit, you hit that team. Yeah. But – uh, it's a crapshoot. I, I really don't like – I don't like to roll at all. So I agree, and my my interpretation from a gambling perspective is in a weird way this makes two a little bit more of a key number than it has been in the past. Yes, yes, because then if you're if – you, I mean, yeah, if you're going to overtime. Like if you're going but, into overtime, there's a great – games that end – Two is already a kind of a key number in overtime because if you get to- it, was, it was less likely because you'd still have three possessions with field goals and touchdowns. This is is one possession of a touchdown and an extra point, and then the second one you're already you, you're suddenly going for two, and then all of a sudden it's two point conversions all the way throughout. So I, I is the second one you go for two right away, yep. or you still have the so it's the sec so it's it's touchdown it's it's touchdown and extra point. And then it's touchdown two, and then it's two two. Then two, it's two, just two. two. Yeah, uh, the two is stupid, man. Just, I think it just it, it might not be, it might not be significant. Like it's probably no, no, no. I, for a key number, yeah. I just mean little, like it's not, it's not like super significant, but it's like it's not insignificant. Like it's more substantial. The two is more substantial now than it was last year, and ever. Well, it's also been getting um, as if these coaches keep following the NFL trends. They. Teams have been going for two a lot more these past two years, yeah. just on regular time. So it makes getting that eight or six or two a lot bigger. I have looked. I have. I have spent a lot more. I have bet more six and a halves this year half. than I ever have. Yeah, six and a half is is is, is a pretty plus, big plus key number. Now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I'm looking. And when I and in games where I typically would like the seven and a half, like I can look back on my spreadsheet. But like for example. When San Jose State got to plus eight and a half against San Diego State at home, that was a trigger point for me. When Kentucky was plus eight and a half at home against Florida, that was important to me. Otherwise, in years past, I used to not care about the eight and a half. I'd be like, all right, eight and a half, eight doesn't matter. Let's see if it goes up to 10, or like if it doesn't and it comes back down to seven, seven and a half, like it's fine. It's the same thing. I don't think so. I think eight, eight is a eight and a half. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Anyway, all right, Michigan. 33, Northwestern, 7. Um, Northwestern was in this game for a while, I believe. I was just kind of following the score, but Michigan kind of put the hurt on them in the second half. Is that yeah, a- so it, it was 10, 7 at half. Yeah. Um, another game I feel pretty good at half, you know, got a 24-point spread, 10, 7. The problem is just 
Northwestern could never really move the ball. Holinsky didn't look great. I watched most of this game. It, it wasn't it wasn't like the score was completely it, the score was pretty indicative of how badly like Michigan controlled this game throughout. It was just Northwestern was kind of lucky to be down 10-7. So when I'm at 10-7 and a half, I'm thinking I'm lucking out to a cash here. The problem is uh, you know, Harbaugh loves to put the hurt on teams when he has the opportunity. Michigan kind of warmed down throughout the game, ran on him. This defense is good. This running game is good. Still not sold on the passing game. I, I Michigan, Michigan's solid. They're not not great, but they're they're solid. This is, I think, they're the second best team in the in the Big Ten. I, I agree. Um, I agree, and I think the line against Michigan State bears that out for what it's worth yeah having them favorite on the road a lot of people yeah. like sparty this week do they a lot of people like sparty not sharp, uh, sharp people but there's a ton of money and tickets coming in on sparty uh, it's gonna be disgusting room for michigan yeah anyway uh cincinnati beats navy 27 20 um like you texted me on Saturday, like this is not really that surprising because this is kind of what Navy does. Like they find a way to muck it up and hang in there against teams that they have no business being in the game with. Um, big win for Cincinnati though, to keep them, their playoff hopes alive and, and remain number two in the country. Like where the fuck was this Navy when I bet on them against Marshall, <laughs> you know, you lose by eight at Houston. Who's looking really good. You beat UCF, you lose by seven against SMU and now seven against Cincinnati, but you're going to lose 49 to seven against Marshall. Like, come on, what the fuck is this offseason routine you guys are going through? Good, good win for Cincinnati though. I don't really have anything to take away from it. Yeah. I think people are kind of hammering on them on this, but you're facing an option team. It's tough. It's not easy. There's, there's going to be, there's going to be problems. Navy does this all the time. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't adjust Cincinnati in your power ratings. I wouldn't knock them down in polls. I, I just I just think this is what Navy does. You got out with the win. Navy's a lot much better team now than they were at the start of the season. Uh, they've obviously improved a lot. Syracuse plus three and a half goes on the road and wins at Virginia Tech. Fucking Syracuse. Doing it again. I fucking knew they would do it one more time. Those assholes. Finally get a win in ACC play. Um, Garrett Schrader. Schrader's a beast. They uh, run the ball like crazy. Yeah, they, Syracuse is legit good with Schrader. I think we we kind of we touched on this before, and then we, we were like, ah, uh, you know, they're 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 legit good, but are they are they really that good? They're good. They're actually good with with yeah. Schrader at quarterback. I thought he was banged up before. But this is a game where you come on the road and beat Virginia Tech. Yeah. It's impressive. Even with Burmeister banged up, he didn't look that bad. He didn't look great, though. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Syracuse is, Syracuse is, is, is a solid team, and uh, Fuente is done now. Yeah. We've seen Syracuse win games, um, defensive struggles, then win games right against Liberty. Um, 
they just went and put up 41 on Virginia Tech, which has a pretty solid defense, like not a terrible defense, you know? Yeah. And um, like that's Virginia Tech's softest part of their defense is definitely the run date. But yeah, I, I agree. This this Syracuse team post the Schrader switch, their offense has looked significantly better. Put up 30 on the road against Florida State, yeah. 37 against Wake, held to 14 against Clemson, but Clemson's defense is kind of on a different level than most of these teams. And then 41 on the road against Virginia Tech. Syracuse is mm, fuck. Pitches me off. Dino Babers gets a bad rap, man. He does, he does. But it it, it was because they had such a great year and then they fell apart. But they've got a quarterback. Yeah, they lost everybody. When you lose everybody from a really good team, like that's what happens. And you don't and you don't recruit at a high enough level to just plug and play, you know? Anyway, Wisconsin 30, Purdue 13. Uh, I lost it. Wisconsin 30, Purdue 13. You still hear me? No. Can you hear me? Colin? Yeah. You got me? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, what was the last thing you heard me say? Um, you, when you don't recruit at a high level. When you don't recruit at a high level, you can't plug and play, you know? Um, that's what happens. You're going to fall off. Uh, Wisconsin 30, Purdue 13. Lock fight win for Toop. Um, <clears throat> line stunk. People love Purdue as a dog. I was ready to back Wisconsin as a favorite. Didn't quit on the Badgers. Their defense played well. Um, their offense did just enough. They wore, they kind of wore Purdue down as the game went on, running the football. And typical Jeff Brom, like, get a big win, can't back it up. Yeah. Um, played out kind of similarly to what I was thinking going into this. I was, I thought Mertz was going to play a little bit better. They're starting to run the ball a little bit, but um, really the big issue here was that what I looked at as a weak Wisconsin secondary. I probably like they 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 shut down the Purdue passing attack. Right, that was the that was the read going into this was Lucy. This was I was going against Sharps here, um, but yeah, obviously Wisconsin. Jim Leonard's a great a great defensive coach and uh, Purdue, Aiden O'Connell threw three picks in this game. You're not, you're not going to beat Wisconsin when you throw three picks. And then that just led to Wisconsin slowly wearing them down over four quarters, getting those 17 points, outscoring them 17-0 in the second half. Wisconsin has more talent. They're bigger. Yeah. This was the first time all season. I think Wisconsin played Wisconsin football. They, they defended well, and then they ran the ball. Great. You know, like they haven't really done this all season. And they, like Graham Mertz was just a non-factor. Like anytime your quarterback throws the ball eight times and you run like almost 50 plays, like he's just, he was a non-factor and that might be Wisconsin's recipe for success. What's interesting is now Wisconsin's laying the same margin to Iowa this week. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really know how I'm looking at that one. So that's it's, a, it's another similar game where 
I completely see why the line's three because every sharp like knows that anybody like that that my problem with trying to bet some of these games is like yeah every idiot's on that but how much money are you really taking from idiots yeah you know like like the um like the UCLA Oregon game right like every idiot's probably on Oregon although not to the extent but like every idiot's probably on Iowa this this week but like how much money are you really taking like the Notre Dame Wisconsin game every idiot was probably on Notre Dame but how much money are you really taking from those idiots versus like people that are actually betting the other side. Because yeah. um, I see what they're to like about Wisconsin. I, I was an interesting because it's the same thing, but really Wisconsin hasn't been able to run on any solid defense, which is, which is their biggest issue, right? They couldn't run on Penn State. They couldn't run on Notre Dame. They couldn't run on Michigan. They should have won the Penn State game, but they got smacked by Notre Dame and Michigan. And uh, the thing is though, Notre Dame and Michigan both have talent, at least at receiver positions, to burn Wisconsin. Michigan less so after the Ronnie Bell injury, but they're still like Michigan still recruits at a high level. Um, I think that was probably part of the reason my handicap was wrong is that outside of Ronnie Bell, Purdue doesn't just have like studs at receiver, even if they're solid. And uh, David Bell, I mean, and Wisconsin was able to bracket David Bell just like Notre Dame had done. And they kind of used the same strategy to take away the Purdue passing offense. So I don't, I don't really know. Like, I guess Iowa and Wisconsin is just going to be a tight game. Really? Like, are you, are you going to take a team to win by more than three in that game? No, that's why I like Iowa plus three, plus three and a half. Yeah, that that's kind of it, it kind of reminds me of the Oklahoma State Iowa State game. Like a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But I mean on the benefit on the plus side, like Iowa's off of a bye too. Like Iowa's off of a bye. I mean, Wisconsin Wisconsin's at home, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a pick 'em. Well, the good news is you have a few days to think about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that, it. That, that is, it's, a tough, it's a tough spot going against uh, going against the Sharps here. But honestly, yeah, three and a half is something to look at. Anything over the three. Cal 26, Colorado three. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, Colorado fucking sucks, man. Yeah, they do. Might be. <laughs> um, Pitt, 27, Clemson, 17. Um, <laughs> well, we can touch on the Cal game a little bit. What is there to touch on? It's two bad teams, and the only reason I'm mentioning it is because you bet it and you were wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, really, Chase Garbers just had a fucking game. Did he? 22 for 29, two tutties, uh, no picks. Three for 225 yards. That's the Cal that we saw against TCU. Yeah. And I haven't really seen since. Garbage. Um, right? yeah, I don't know. Cal, Cal gets Oregon State at home this weekend. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And and uh, Colorado's terrible, by the way. 
Yeah, Colorado sucks. I was just this was just kind of like, is Cal going to be able to score? And they no, were I, able. To- I understood your reasoning. Um, Colorado is just that bad offensively. Yeah, I got tricked by them fucking <laughs> taking a dump on it on Arizona, man. Yeah. Oh well. Um, run amok, let a shred, and flat out deceived. Pitt 27, Clemson 17. Um, there you go. There's there's one you were run amok. I was, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was, uh, well, you tried to lead me back to the promise line. You said, no, 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 wait, wait. It may look like a sharp line, but be warned, Clemson's terrible. And yeah. sure enough, Clemson's terrible. If I were to tell you on October 23rd, Clemson would play Pittsburgh and one of the quarterbacks would get benched and the other one would be a Heisman contender, you would think that you would not believe me when I told you it would be Kenny Pickett. That's the Heisman. Kenny Heisman, baby. Kenny Heisman. And DJ Uyunglele, who is, uh, who's, who was benched. He was benched and he was yeah. fucking terrible on Saturday. Yeah. So that was, that's, this was what I was trying to warn you of. This is what I think we both, collectively as 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 the hook Colin let me just let me just stop you right here because it doesn't make any sense to me because you watched you watched last year when your very good Notre Dame team I I know I watched beat Clemson and and you were like and DJ played great yes yes so so here's the thing here's the thing and this is this is what we have to get better at and what we keep falling for shit like this because we go it's a sharp line you know like the there's a reason this this line is low. Like this is a, this is a great side. All the every day it's on pit. Like take Clemson. The problem is if you watched any Clemson games this year, is they've sucked the entire time. And there's a reason they're zero and seven against the spread. They have the one of the only teams to not cover a spread this entire year is because every fucking sharp has in their priors all these past years, and they keep forgetting that Clemson just sucks this year. You know, and that's why there's been so much value betting against Clemson every this year. And it's because their wide receivers can't get open. Uyangale sucks, can't throw the ball. Their offensive line can't block. And their defense has been getting hurt more and more injured every week. And you're just relying on a good defense every week, and that's going to wear down. And that's what happened. Yeah, and – uh like Pitt, like Pitt, Pitt is better than Clemson. Like Pitt deserves to be favored over Clemson on a neutral field, which is just insane to say. Yeah. Um, Pitt is probably the best team in the ACC. I think from a talent standpoint, right now, the way they've played, Kenny Pickett's been awesome. Their offense is is clicking. Their defense is getting better and better. It's a really even though Pitt was favored, like this was a statement win for them to prove that they are at least this year the cream of the crop in the ACC. Yeah, impressive. Uh, I still wonder what happened in that Western Michigan game, but I guess it's just like a one-off Narduzzi, pit game. Narduzzi has but, been- but like pit, pit, pit would pit would actually be a playoff contender because they're playing. Their defense is good. Their offense is good. They have a road win against Tennessee, which looks more impressive uh, yeah. every week. Um, Clemson, like this, and all their like. Power ratings, everybody's really high on Pitt. Yeah. Which well, is just like. Well, and and because and their wins have been. Well, because they, they look impressive in every win. They just blow the doors off. They look like a good team. 
they've outperformed. I think they, they've been a cover machine also. Yeah. Like aside from the Western Michigan game. Anyway. Uh, Is, do we have, do we have one? Our, do we have our, our chance to finally get on the, um, on the Clemson, fade Clemson bandwagon? Nope. This week? Nope. You think Florida, yeah. State, you think Florida State wins at Clemson, covers at Clemson? I mean, what's the line ten, right? I'm I'm not betting against Clemson until UConn plays them. Against Clemson? Yeah. Why would you bet on UConn? I'm gonna husky up. I'm gonna husky up. Uh, I I don't I don't I can't. Clemson is not on my radar, Colin. You know what I mean? Like I'm not betting Clemson. I'm not touching them. I think I think I think this is our week where we finally where we finally get out of the gravy train. Mm. Clemson's going to blow them. Is a lot. Florida State's playing better. That place is going to be packed off a of bye. Yeah, Clemson. No, isn't it like – is it in Doak? It's at Clemson. Ah, oh, fuck. Damn it. Does that change your opinion a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. I was thinking I was thinking Florida State, like, won a couple in a row, three in a row, rocking stadium. Mm-mm. Off of UMass, which is pretty much a buy. Yep. No, I'm not fading Clemson. I'm not back. I'm not backing them either. I might. I might. I might. I might do it. Does Clemson deserve to be over a touchdown against anybody? Uh, no, but that was your same logic with Cal, and look where that got you. <laughs> yeah, but Cal's different. Cal, Cal doesn't have like all these priors, you know. Iowa State 24, Oklahoma State 21 in what turned out to be a really, really good football game. Um, yeah, Iowa State was the sharp side, but like seven was the books acknowledging that it was going to be the sharp side and just being totally in tune to it. And Oklahoma State did what Oklahoma State does. They defended at a high level. They ran the ball well, and it was a, a really close game. Like, even though that like we have – so there are the two different fundamentals, right? The line stunk which is why I was on Iowa state, but in theory over the last, what, three or four years, like Oklahoma state has been just a cash cow as a dog. Like they've been a cash cow as a dog. Like Mike Gundy plus points has been kind of a lock over the last couple yeah. of years. Like in theory, I, I feel like I, sh- I personally should have paid more attention to that. Um, yeah. I think it was too sharp. The, the seven, the seven, was scaring me, but then I was talking myself out of the scare because, like, it's too big. Like, yeah. Like, if they if they wanted me to be scared, they would have they would have made it lower. Um, but yeah, this I think they the books probably took more action on on Iowa State on Iowa State minus seven than they they did on Oklahoma State. Like, I bet there was more money. Like, I think this cover was probably positive for them, which is difficult, you know, because you. You typically think that you'd be on the side of the books when you have a un unranked team favored by seven over a ranked team. Yeah. Um, Spencer Sanders played well for for Oklahoma State, right? I think he did. Uh, did you see the um, the taunting that get called back? No. So Iowa State scores a, a long touchdown and. Kind of like kind of high stepped into the end zone. Uh, what was his name? Hutchinson. Yeah, Xavier Hutchinson. Kind of high steps into the end zone, and they throw a taunting flag 
bring it back 15 yards and take away the touchdown. Wow, that's fucked. But then he scored later on that drive. So they shouldn't. It didn't did matter for from a betting or like a winning percent. But it was just like it was fucked. Oklahoma State's quarterback Spencer Sanders played well. Um, and they did what they do. They stopped the Iowa State run game, but Brock Purdy in Brocktober played yeah. the game of the season and Iowa State came away with a big win. There's there's a very good chance. I think people are, are well aware of this that the Cyclones are a very good football team. They are a, a, a legit candidate to go undefeated this season, the rest of the way, like this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know, make things very difficult for Oklahoma in the Big 12 playoff picture. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, getting Oklahoma at home at the end of the season. They this is this is a legit team. The Baylor lost, right? They really should have won that game. And that's the only game that's keeping them out of the playoff picture. Yep. Because Iowa, obviously they lost, but you could have one loss and if you run the table in the Big Twelve, you can still make it. It's the two that makes it tough. Um, after the bye, they've really figured some things out. The problem the one problem I see with them is that Oklahoma State's D-line absolutely dominated them in this game. Like, Iowa State could not run the ball. Brees Hall was completely limited. They rushed for 67 total yards. Um, I think that's something you have to factor in at least a little bit, is that coming into the season, Iowa State's rushing attack, all that is looked at really highly. And Oklahoma State was able to shut it down. It was only Brock Purdy just playing out of his mind that they won this game. So I don't know if that is more of how dominant Oklahoma State's D-line is or if the Iowa State O-line is a little bit uh, suspect. Mm. Interesting. I don't know. Something to think about. Ole Miss 31, LSU 17. Ole Miss covers the nine and a half. Um, good win for the Rebels. I didn't have any action on it, so I wasn't really following it. But Matt Corral played. Um, yeah, I really wanted to lay the nine and a half if I knew Corral was playing, but it was didn't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, but it wasn't like a traditional Ole Miss game. Like I don't know why the. Like, their offense really hasn't – like, we think about their offense being super explosive, but they haven't really thrown the ball that much with Matt Corral over the last few weeks. Like, he – like, they haven't – you know what I mean? Well, like yeah, he, they're, just running, they're just running it. They're just running the ball. Like, he was the Heisman – I think he is still the Heisman favorite, but, like, he's not really throwing for 350 yards and three touchdowns every week like Kenny Pickett is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if that's – that's on him or if that's on the receiver? Like, do you think they're just going to the run because it's – I think so. I mean, they know they're going to run it well, so they just, they're just they just running the ball. And they haven't needed to go to corral through the air. I mean, he's been fine. Like, he hasn't been bad, like, when he's been asked to pass. Like, high completion percentage, but, like, not for a ton of yards. And – 287 against Arkansas. I think it, I think maybe the receivers just aren't like they lost like some some dudes right a lot Eliza Moore yeah was, I mean, was an absolute beast for them like I think that could be something that's 
why they've been running the ball so much. Yeah. Corral. Tough, uh, tough, tough game for them this weekend. Can who are they who do they have? Uh Auburn? They're on the road in Jordan Hare. Auburn's favored. Yeah. Um Corral threw for 381 against Louisville. He threw for 335 against Tulane, but only 213 against Bama. He hasn't thrown for 300 since Tulane, which, yeah. is, two month, which is a month and a half ago. Just interesting. Um, it is. Anyway, good win for, for Ole Miss, and they're 6-1. and one. They're a top-10 team, and big game. And that will surface the drain. Yeah, big game against Auburn this week. Uh, BYU 21, Washington State 19. Colin, I'm glad you put you brought this up and put me on. Um, like Washington State, it didn't really matter that Rolovich wasn't around. Uh, Wazoo played a solid, typical Washington State game. Their defense has been better. Um, BYU got a big win for BYU, but like these teams were much closer to evenly matched, and I think there was an overreaction based on the the COVID issues with. Um, Rolovich, the vaccine issues. Yeah, they they they're pretty evenly matched. It's, it's two failed two point conversions away. Like they went for it when they could have gone up 15-14 in the third quarter, and then they didn't get it, and then they were down two because of that, and they went for it again to tie it, and they didn't get it. So I mean, it's it's a it's a risk you take, right? You want to win the game in regulation, you go for that too. You hope you get one of the two. They went over two, lost it. So BYU finally, after all this, uh, all their shit, comes back home this week to play Virginia. I mean, BYU's playing a bear of a schedule. Yeah, I know. That's what I've been saying. This is this is a real tough schedule. Like, I mean, down to Waco, back up to the Pacific Northwest. Now home, but home against a really good Virginia team and your former head coach, like. Yeah, they finally catch a little break before they head to USC. I mean, but it's not really a break. I mean, Virginia is better than USC. No, no, no. After Virginia. Oh, they have a bye after Virginia. They have after they have a bye Idaho State, Georgia Southern. So they they front loaded their schedule. Um, which I guess is interesting. That is interesting. Um, Tyler Algier ran the ball really well. BYU's defense was fine. Um, I don't really have too much to take away from this game other than Washington State covered. It was a pretty evenly matched game. Yeah, they're, they're, these are two good teams. Yeah, the, there were, the overreaction was, was because of the, 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 the coaching staff being anti-vax and Rolovich getting fired. Um, but, I mean, the players were still playing. They had something to play for. And, yeah, home game. Yeah. and they, they, It will be interesting how they go from here. Right, I agree. Like, I think I think this was like a rally the troops game, but it'll be interesting if they can sustain it. Um, yeah, like because you already have like probably right. contact with the coaching staff. They probably have like a good game plan going and stuff. But now you're going to really see like the effects of the intern head coach. Oregon thirty four, UCLA thirty one. Um, UCLA got off to a great start, and. I felt really good about it early, right? UCLA jumped out. They were up 14 nothing after the first quarter, but then Oregon's defense, like, stepped it up. UCLA couldn't really move the ball on the ground, which kind of killed them offensively. And then they started to rally again in the fourth quarter. Like, 
had all the momentum and I felt like they were about to come back and march down the field and at least tie the game or, or maybe even win it. But yeah, DTR gets hurt. The DTR gets hurt. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of just watched in bits and pieces when I could. Um, what, what did you think about it? Yeah. So I think this was another, like I, I thought UCLA would be able to run the ball on them. And uh, honestly, really, I, I kind of, you were t- you talked to me into this game a little bit, and the um, the, the Chip Kelly uh, factor I think was really why I ended up on this because I think I I think I looked at it like the correct way when we before I fully just like ah fuck it I just want to bet on Chip Kelly here is that UCLA couldn't run the ball on um, Arizona State and that really killed them in that game. And this was another game where they faced a really solid defensive line and they struggled to run the ball. They, they, they lost this game because Oregon beat them up in the trenches. And we've known Oregon's had a really good defensive line and really good offensive line all year. I think got sucked up in the Chip Kelly factor. The DTR is better than Anthony Brown. But Anthony Brown's okay. You know, for what, for what Oregon wants to do, Anthony Brown ran for 85 yards and a touchdown, and he allowed Travis Dye to run four touchdowns, even if he barely had any yards. Yeah. Uh, they 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 had just enough of a passing game. I mean, they had a, they put up 296 through the air, so that's a this solid. Is- it's, it's little checkdowns. It's like their little triple option pass they run. But yeah, I I mean this was yeah. I don't know. But their, their passing game is pretty much the right game. You know what I mean? It's like a uh, like they throw a little shovel over the middle. They don't ask him to do anything. Yeah, I thought he, Anthony Brown, I mean, if you just look at his numbers, I mean, I think all in all it was as well as he's played this season, even though he threw two picks. Like throwing for almost 300 yards, running for 85. Like he's really a game manager, but I mean, he – those are some chunk plays that he took took part of, so – yeah, but I, I think even though it, the score looks like a shootout, 34-31, you're right. Oregon won this game defensively, defensively in the trenches. Um, basically, I mean, Oregon was the better team. Yeah, even though we almost had this, like, for most of this game, Oregon was the better team. Or, yeah, Oregon was the better team. Agreed. Did Did you see the uh, field goal though? Uh, no, what field goal? So when it was fourteen seven, and UCLA drives down. I wasn't watching this. I just saw it um, on Twitter. Oregon kicks a field goal, or UCLA kicks a field goal that is ruled no good. But upon further review, like the Pac-12 officials, it actually was good. It just went over the upright, and and they didn't see it. <laughs> and Chip Kelly said they didn't have the angle to challenge it. But like now, after the game. It was good. And it ended up being a three-point game. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota 34, Maryland 16, just completely um, – this one I was led astray by the, the stink of the line. Maryland yeah. terrible. Maryland sucks, man. They're, they're banged up. They are poorly coached. Every single year it's the same shit with them. They come out red hot in September, you know, when, when – like when they're a little underrated and they've got all the talent and they're fully healthy and then it gets into the season and people, you know, get some game tape on them and they fucking suck. 
And that's, that's what happened. They got blown out by a team that is better coached. that wants it more. All Minnesota did was run, run it right down Maryland's throat. Maryland couldn't stop them. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's pretty much, that's it. There's not, there's not much, there's not much to say about this game. Game was dead from, from the, the, the start. Yeah. You had, you had this, I think this is what we kind of need to factor in is that a line may stink, but it, like that line was low because Maryland was off a bye and Minnesota was off a big win, right? That That's why that line was low, not because people were seeing something we weren't seeing. Yeah. And that's like, that's when, when you see something that has reasons, that's when you got to hit the other side, I think. Louisville 28, Boston College 14. Um, Good call. Thanks. BC stinks. <laughs> Like, BC's not very good. Louisville played really solid defensively. Um, they ran the ball well. Um, like, BC's run defense, it, 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 it terrifies me what Syracuse is going to do to them this week in the Carrier Dome. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like Syracuse – like, both Schrader and Tucker might run for 200 yards up in – Yeah. The, um, BC's, BC's running defense is atrocious to let – Louisville rush for three 330. And right. Louisville, Louisville's run game is solid, but it's not like incredible. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, Malik Cunningham wasn't even a factor throwing the football, and I think like that's one of his best assets. Like he's not just a running quarterback; like he he can be. Um, and he's but he like he didn't have to throw the ball. He when he threw, he didn't throw it well, and Louisville still won this game pretty comfortably and covered pretty comfortably. So Louisville's a pretty a pretty weird team. They you are. know, they're an they interesting team going forward. Backed around by by Ole Miss in the game that I was on them, and then I kind of they fell out of favor, you know, with me after that. And yep. they've just been playing pretty solid ball. They've been right. They've been right there, and I I really kind of like them as a dog at NC State this week. Yeah, um, I mean, just like looking at the rest of their schedule. NC State, Clemson, Syracuse, Duke, Kentucky. Yeah, like all. I want to see that Kentucky game. I think Kentucky's a much better team, but like I think Kentucky's the best team left on their schedule by a wide margin. No, they definitely are, but are they that much better? Like Kentucky doesn't have. I think so. I think Kentucky is physical as all shit, and Louisville is just not there in the trenches. Like I, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean Louisville's Louisville's soft in the trenches, and that's why Kentucky smacked them the past couple times. Right, I think Kentucky will bully them, especially. Yeah, I don't know. Something. Anyway, um, let's see. Continuing on, we mentioned we briefly talked about Alabama, Tennessee, as you popped on it with the Hooker experience. Um, What happened in that fourth quarter, Kyle? Again. What happened in the fourth quarter? Alabama, Tennessee. Alabama 52, Tennessee 24. Do you not have me? You can't hear me? Yo. Yo. Back. There we go. All right. Fourth quarter of Alabama, Tennessee. We talked about it a little bit. Um Tennessee just couldn't stop Alabama after hanging in for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee just doesn't have depth right now at all. Yeah. 
they're deep. Like uh, they, everybody transferred out last year, but their offense is good. Like Hen and Hooker's really good. They expose Alabama secondary a decent bit, which Alabama's defense is just not at the level we thought they were going to be. Like you let up 41 points to Texas A&M, 24 here, even though it's 24, it's still, this was a 24 to 17 game. You just put on points at the end. It wasn't like these points came in garbage time. Um, the 29 points against Florida. I don't know if Alabama, I think they probably do, but I could see them with one more loss before the SEC championship game, which is like going the, the Iron Bowl is not not a gimme for, for Alabama this year at all. And uh, I just don't, I don't know. I think that their offense is really good though. And I think Bryce Young has been coming along and Brian Robinson is just a beast of a running back. So that that's the one thing that hesitates. And they're obviously, they have Nick Saban. They're going to be well coached. But I don't know. I could see, I could see Arkansas and Auburn giving them some problems at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, Alabama's defense is, I think people expected it to be incredible and it's looked a little suspect. Um, it's looked very suspect. Pretty suspect. Yeah, pretty suspect. The only real game they had that was good was when they shut down Ole Miss, but that was, you know, that Ole Miss was going for it on their own side of the 50, like six times. Yeah. <laughs> um, San Diego State with a really good win for, for Brady Hoke and company going to Air Force and winning 20 to 14. A um, little surprising, I think. Uh, Air Force was definitely the sharp side, but like we talked so much about how often um, – unranked teams win and cover when they're favored over ranked teams. But like, it was the complete opposite almost yeah, this week. This week. Uh, I think in reality, like San Diego state's not a terrible team running the football and they have a very good defense. Yeah. They have a great run defense. I think that was, that was part of the problem here. They can't, I think they came went into the game, like leading the, the nation in run deep, but they were still yeah. gained. Like, I mean, it, I would probably play this again. Air Force just kind of they, – they fell in a rut, you know, and, and it's really hard for a triple option team to play from behind. Yeah. And that's like you go down 13-0, it's 20-0 in the third, and then you score two touchdowns late. Like you're just going to run out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what happened. Did you watch the game at all or not really? I didn't. I was – this was uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame was going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, West Virginia goes to TCU and wins 29-17. Um, really good win for West Virginia. I think when, when the market was down and out on them, they, um, they found a way. Uh, I mean, I think – we got to talk about TCU's defense here, right? Tara Dagey. TCU's defense is atrocious. Yeah, Tara Dagey goes 21 for 28 with 257 yards. West Virginia runs the ball really well. Yeah, but the, the, run, the running part isn't surprising. It's Tara Dagey having the game of his life. Yeah, no, I think the run part is a little surprising. 
Like Letty Brown hasn't really been having a very good season. Okay, yeah, but but if there's one thing you think of West Virginia can do is it's that they can run the ball. Yes. And the fact that they were able to throw the ball on TCU is just like speaks to how atrocious these the secondary is. Yeah, TCU's defense is is very bad. Um we're definitely not cashing that over ticket. Uh no. Um what surprised me in this game was I mean, we know West Virginia has a solid defense, and like I like Neil Brown as a dog. We've talked about them that a lot. Yeah. Um TCU has a good as as bad as they've been defensively, they are very good and very competent on offense. And they were not very competent on offense against West Virginia. I mean, Max Dugan did not play great through two, three, he threw two picks. The run game was not great. I mean, Zach Evans has had a couple games where he's gone for nearly 200 yards and he only ran for 62 yards against West Virginia, which has a solid defense, but nothing crazy. Um, this was a really surprise. I mean, I had a feeling West Virginia could keep it close. The line did kind of stink a little bit, but I didn't anticipate them going on the road and winning outright pretty convincingly. Like that's a little wild to me. Yeah. It's, it's surprising. I, I, I've got to look at it a little bit more because I wonder if West Virginia has figured some things out because this is the team that lost at home to Texas Tech and at the road against Maryland. Those are like pretty, pretty bad losses, all things considered. So I wonder if they figured some things out in the bye week. I got to look at see if they made any changes on the along the line, things like that. Um, Ohio State 54, Indiana seven. Uh, Ohio State might be really good, but we haven't, we can't, we can't really be certain yet because they haven't played anybody really. I mean, they're blowout wins. Ohio State, I think Ohio State's not going to play an offense until they go on the road to Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I think the, the people like the market and the analytics rankings are starting to love Ohio State. No, they're, they're, I think they're getting too high on them. Yeah. I don't disagree because, because I I'm looking at their games and Akron doesn't have an offense. Rutgers doesn't have an offense. Maryland doesn't have an offense and Indiana doesn't have an offense. Yeah, you're right. And like, also, I think I, I wanted to talk about this before when we were on Oregon, which I think we should briefly touch on it. The Oregon win over UCLA is, is a big problem for Ohio state. Right. Because yeah. Or, or, or they've still got some tough games, but I think that was the biggest, like, loss left on their schedule. I think at Washington will be tough. At Utah and then home against Oregon State, like, those are three pretty tough games remaining. But it's I, not. Uh, yeah. I I would take – I think Utah's going to be favored over Oregon at Utah. And then in the whoever whoever Oregon plays in the Pac-12 championship game is going to be a, a battle also. Whether it's yeah. UCLA, no. Utah, or Arizona State, that's going to be a freaking war. No, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's likely, but I think it got significantly more likely that Oregon can run the table. And that's 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 got to be – like Ohio State has done nothing right now outside of win big to deserve to be ranked ahead of. Yeah, but yeah. They, don't, they don't have – Oregon has a much better win than them. Right. Well, yes. Now, at this point, yes. Yeah. This might be a completely different, you know, conversation in um, a month when Ohio State might have wins over three other top 25 teams, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Iowa, for example, right? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it, Penn State's probably dropping out after this week. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, ranked, they're ranked right now, aren't they? 20th, but they're 18-and-a-half-point dogs, right? So they lose that game. They're not going to be ranked. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Michigan and Michigan State have to play each other this week. So that one of them drops a little bit. Yep. And I mean, if Michigan State loses a tight game against Michigan this week, are they gonna are they gonna win on the road in in Purdue? Uh, I think so. <laughs> yeah. All right. uh, let's 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 keep this rolling. I know we got a time limit. Uh, UVA forty eight, Georgia Tech forty. Um, offensive juggernauts collide. Uh, Brennan Armstrong's amazing. He continues to throw for a billion yards. And like, I, I just kind of love Virginia's offense. It's Brennan Armstrong, whatever the hell he wants to do. Um, their defense is still a little sus, especially against mobile quarterbacks. It's uh, sus against everybody. Hartman tore him up. Howell tore, tore him up. But those are all, mo- those are all kind of mobile, mobile QBs. Yeah. yeah, their defense is just terrible, man. Their defense is flat out terrible. Hartman's not really that mobile. He rushed for 16 yards. Their offense is electric. For 16 yards occasionally. Their offense is electric, though. Yeah, but that's but that's different. Their defense is a suspect. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's continued to get them close wins. I think you're on the right side here. It, just kind of unfortunate. Well, Georgia Tech went for two after scoring a touchdown to, to bring it to eight. They went for two instead of kicking the extra point to give me the push. They went for two to give me the 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 chance to win, and they didn't get it. So, oh, well, is what it is. Uh, Oregon State outright win over Utah. We were all over this. Um, terrible spot for Utah. Sandwich spot going on the road to a really – strong Oregon state team that runs the ball really well in a tough place to play. I mean, Utah from after the, after the come from behind win against Arizona state and the look ahead spot to UCLA next week to go on the road to Oregon state, it was just a really tough ask and Oregon state played a good game off a bye, ran the ball well and won. Yeah. Chance Nolan, once again, looking very impressive. Yeah, Oregon State's Oregon State's a pretty solid team. Utah's a, Utah's also a solid team. I don't discount them because of this loss. I still think they're much improved after switching to Rising and look. Then South, really well. South Dakota State and BYU—they're not Power Five, but they're good teams. Yeah. Um, San Diego State's undefeated. <laughs> yeah, like San Diego State's an undefeated football team. Um, I, I Utah is a really interesting game this week. They're laying almost a touchdown at home against UCLA. That's um, an interesting line. Uh, There's a lot of we, this is a much better week, man. A lot, lot more, lot more fun. A lot of good games this week. Miami NC 31, State. NC State 30. Yeah. So Tyler what, what happened? Like, what do you mean? What happened? What happened? Tyler Van Dyke played well. Do you watch it? Nope. Okay. I didn't. I, I just. I turned it on right after the Notre Dame game ended, and I saw NC State with the ball and a chance to drive down the field, and then just not being able to do it. 
yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch. I mean, it was, it was an incredibly even game. Uh, I was following, tracking the score. Like it was back and forth. Um, Miami's pretty talented. They're playing better. They, they haven't, there's, you, you talk about quit factor. They've shown no quit factor. Um, they played hard and won. Uh, AD came out before this game and was like pretty much doing like a tour. And it was like implied that if they lost this game, Manny Diaz was gone. Jeez. Well, they didn't lose the game. So. Yeah. Um, Tyler Van Dyke had an awesome game. He kind of broke out. I think NC State's a really good team, but like Miami brought it and they've got the talent. And if they're going to, if they're going to, if Tyler Van Dyke's going to complete 25 of 33 for 325 yards and four touchdowns, they're going to be hard to beat. They also kind of shut down the NC State rushing attack, which is really impressive. Second time this year that NC State rushing attack has been completely neutralized against Mississippi State and Miami. And if they and if NC State's not going to be able to run the ball, I mean, as good as Devin Leary is and as good as he's been this year, they're built to run the football. Um, Ricky Person Jr. and Zonovan Knight are – it's like one of the best one-two combos in college football. And if they, you know, have a rough game, then it's it's tough for NC State. Uh, it's a really good win for Miami. Um, yeah. I don't know. This is – this has got to be pretty disappointing for NC State. This is kind of your year. Yeah. And I understand that Miami's – got nothing to lose and they're at home but you really should not you should not lose this game well i don't know it's it's a tough ass for nc state to go on the road and lay three against my I mean, but like 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 no, look, here but this is nc state's year right we talked about this they got everybody coming back they got leary here's a team pit it's their year same thing they go on the road they're laying 11 and a half what do we need we need um, two more wins from NC State. Yeah. They should be able to get there, but it's not like a given. No. Louisville is, is not an easy game. And Florida State's not easy. At Wake Forest is an easy. Home against Syracuse is an easy. Like, I think they should be able to. Like, like they're going to be favored in probably four of the games remaining, Right. Louisville, Florida State. Yep. Syracuse and North Carolina. Maybe three. You don't think they'll be favored at home against UNC? I don't know. The, a lot of the a lot of the advanced metrics are still really high in North Carolina. Hmm. Notre Dame 31, USC 16. Uh, I continue to be O for O for a lifetime fading Notre Dame. Um, this is you're you're over for a lifetime betting on them or fading them. Well, this is this is why this is why you should take my advice and not bet them because my my idea is deep into your head for this this podcast. Um, I still need if I can get three more wins from Notre Dame though, like I'll be I'll be cashing on it'll be all right, and like Notre Dame will be favored in at least three of their remaining games. Correct. I mean, they're favored this week. They'll be favored against. I think. Them. I think. I think we're favored from here out. It's. I mean, it's very. Po- the, I mean, the only one. I think Virginia could be close to a pick'em. I mean, depending on where everything is, but like at least three. They're definitely gonna be favored in three, and they'll probably. Be, I. I agree. They'll be favored against Virginia and Sanford. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, what happened? Good win for Notre I, Dame. 
Yeah, good win. Uh, the offense finally clicks. They go to the uh, quick drop back. Jack Cohn looks really good. I mentioned against um, against Virginia Tech, they made some changes in that game to the offensive line. Now post by, they rush for 170 yards. I understand like USC's defense isn't amazing, but this was kind of the Notre Dame rushing attack we've been waiting to see all year. Eight for 12 on third down. They dominated this game throughout. Um, the defense was they moved the ball on them, but they they played like the aggressive style that Freeman wanted. Got a couple turnovers. Got to the uh, got to Slovis a lot. He was in the they were Isaiah Foskey was in the backfield pretty much all day. I think really the big takeaway here was just that Notre Dame's offense as looking the best it's looked all year. And we've known their defense is ta talent. Like this is, this is a team that can run the table from here out and uh, end up in a near six bowl. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Colin, what do you have? Like little college football playoff antenna? Like, what do you think? You got a shot at the playoff right now? You do, don't you? You're thinking about it. <laughs> Across the mind. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think this this was the most complete game Notre Dame's had all year. The yeah. defense played well. Like I, we talked about it, it's a different kind of defense with Marcus Freeman. They go for turnovers versus um, like playing Ben don't break, which kind of it leads to different types of box scores. They, I think they lead the nation in takeaways right now or something like that. Um, no Kyle Hamilton, though. He's out for the UNC game, got hurt in this game. Kelly said it looked good, but that's definitely a big factor because that opens up uh, the secondary against a UNC team that can really air it out and Virginia down the line. But uh, the offense looks really good, and I think the defense has pretty much post-Purdue, the defense has been solid. Um, is that it? I guess that's it for us this week. Uh, any other any other thoughts? Anything to mention? Any other takeaways from this this week's games? Turned out to be a lot of games that we ended up breaking down. Wow. Yeah. Well, another great slate. Great slate for week nine. Um, fucking pumped up. Hopefully, we can turn the tide and. And, and give you some winners towards the end of the week. Uh, and we will be back later in the week for our picks pod. Um, but for now, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Hook and Ladder pod week eight recap. Colin, talk to you later in the week. We're out. See ya.